0: All right. Good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? All right. Yes, you guys are filled with the spirit and highly, highly caffeinated. I absolutely love it. Guys, I'm so excited to continue our series called Ghost Stories. You guys enjoy last Sunday the Supernatural Church. Come on. That was a great message from Dr. Spencer. But this morning, I got some oils up here. You can kind of go see where I'm going from. I got some, all the Deuterra ladies in the house are screaming, yeah, yeah. Right? I got some oils up here this morning, but we're going to talk about essential oils. I want everybody to say essential oils this morning. So, man, I don't know, about, you know if you're anything like me, but I love oils, man. I've been like huffing and puffing these things all morning. But it's interesting because each and every one of you, don't tweet that by the way, I, every single one of these, man, they, ha- they have an attribute, something that's good for my body, like lavender. <sighs> Yes, Lavender—it's—they call it the gateway oil. For those who are interested in the oils, but you put it on, and it gets you a sense of relief, right? There's an attribute. There's a health attribute for it. And, and then I got um, what else up here? Peppermint's up here, man. Peppermint's pretty strong, but it's—it's it's cleansing. It has a lot of other attributes. And then I have migraine support. Any, any people like me, maybe you suffer with migraines, man. I whip that stuff on the back of my neck, man. I am good to go until the next day, right? And then maybe if you got, like, you're like, anything like me and you have ADD, HD, right? High def ADD, right? So you need something to focus. Like, Pastor, you need to focus. Well, guess what? They got something for that too. It's called attention assist. Man, I need to swipe this all over my body all the time. My wife said, amen, brother, amen. But what's interesting, what I find with these oils is I, I look at the description of some of these and I don't see chain breaker on these. Man, I, I don't see healer on these. It says it'll make you all right. You'll feel good for a moment. I don't see yoke breaking on these. I don't see deliverance. I don't see freeing on these bottles. And the point that I'm getting at this morning is there's only one oil that will do any of that. And that is the anointing, the oil from God. And that is the Holy Spirit that dwells within each and every believer this morning. Do you agree with that this morning? Say amen. But I want to talk about that missing anointing oil, that missing oil in our lives. See, so many of us function powerless, so many of us function without moving, without anointing. And I want to tell you something this morning. It's not just for the pastor. I mean, I tell you what, I better have the anointing coming up on the stage because if, if it's just Eric, it's going to fall flat and lives are not going to change because of my, the words that I use and the speech and, and, and my skinny jeans and the way I style my hair. None of that's going to change anybody's life. But it's the anointing from God that flows through me to you. That will break the yoke, that will break the chains, that will have people set free in Jesus' name. It is the anointing you need to move in power in your life. It is the anointing you need in Jesus' name. I, wanna, I want you to turn your, into your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. It will be up on the screen behind me as well. And the scripture says, So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought... And anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord, I want you to catch us. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully. Not in weakness, not a little bit. But came in power upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Turn to your Bibles in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And the Bible says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends. I want you to highlight to the ends of the earth, the grocery store, Walmart, wherever you're at, to the ends of the earth. We will move in power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, which we'll talk about a little later. And then finally in first John chapter 2, verse 20, I'm going to read out of the New King James Version this morning. And it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You, I want you to put your name there. I I have it in my Bible. It says, Eric, you have the anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. See, it's talking about the last days. That a church will be deceived. And not just... You know, leaving out in droves, but the church inside churches will be deceived from from teachers, from people that are saying things that not, are, are not in line with the Scripture. But the one thing as a church, we need to be looking for is the anointing of God upon God's people to move powerfully and changing people's lives in Jesus' name. It is the Holy Spirit that is the that is the de factor. It is is the game changer. But we need to understand this as we're in in the last days. Yeah, I know I'm so bold to say that. But in the the last days where people are being deceived, that they can function in their own power, that they can function in their own talents, their own gift sets. Well, guess what? It's not going to change lives. You could draw a crowd of tens of of thousands of millions of people. But if you ain't anointed, it ain't going to make a difference. Ain't nobody's lives going to be changed. I don't want to draw crowds. I want people to flock to Jesus, not to Eric. I'm just saying. I want people to come into church and to experience relationship with Jesus, not with Eric. But it comes from the anointing of God. I want everybody in the morning, this morning, to say, I have the anointing. All right, we're going to work on that again. I say it again. I have the anointing. But see, the anointing is not just a ghost story that we sit around the table and like, oh, I got that. Did you get the holy goosebumps? I got the holy goosebumps. But the Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is in us. Everywhere you walk, everywhere you go, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, the Healer, is there with you. Sometimes, you know, kind of like, "Hey, wh- what are you doing?" Conviction rises up. Hey, had a boy. Good decision. Keep walking in faith. Keep, keep, keep listening. But the anointing of God is not for something that was 2,000 years ago. There's churches. There's denominations preaching that the Holy Spirit was for the first century church. What I'm here to tell you on stand on firm ground on Scripture, that it's not just for the first generation church. It's for this generation church. And the Holy Spirit is moving, but he wants to move through people. It's not going to come in a bolt of lightning coming down. He wants to use willing and obedient people. To change lives in Jesus' name. The anointing would flow from the head down through his people. But it takes us. But let's pray before I continue on, shall we? So, Father God, just thank you. Lord, would you allow me to step out of your way this morning? Not one person came to hear me. They came to hear you and your word. God, would your truth reign in this place? Would you seal this place with your glory, with your majesty? Lord, would you change lives? Would not one person leave here untouched by you? I don't care what they're going through, what they're thinking right now. Even if they listen to nothing that said this morning, but just one word penetrates their heart and their soul, God, would it change them forever? We're believing for solid and powerful testimonies for even just this morning. God, would you just reign? Would you have this service? Would you speak to us this morning in Jesus' name? And everyone said, amen. The anointing is for power. If you're taking notes, write that down. The anointing is, I want everybody to say power. Okay, that was pretty weak. That it wasn't said with a whole lot of power. Try it again. Power. Power. Man, you got the power. You got the anointing. I want to refer to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. But see, I'm concerned that we're living in a generation today. The technology, that the convenience of life, that we're so comfortable in life that we're not relying on the power because you know what? Quite frankly, this generation, and it doesn't, and I'm not just encapsulating an age group or a demographic, but generation as a whole, as a church. We believe that we could do it without the power of God. Because our life is comfortable. Man, if you need something, you ask Surrey. If if you need directions, you ask Surrey. If you go to the grocery store, guess what? There's food that's there for you. We have so many comforts in this world that that we could just feel like we can do it our own way. I don't need God. You go outside this country, they need God. They're hungry for God. They're desperate for God. And I I believe that God is, is seeking people after his own heart, not seeking after him, but people of his own heart that that would earnestly want people's lives to be changed by the power of God. But oftentimes we could just think, man, we could just do it without the anointing. We could do it without the power of God. Man, Eric can come up. I tell you what, if I come up here, any preacher comes on a stage, evangelist, teacher comes on a stage feeling like they could do it on their own, I'm telling you it's going to fall flat. I had this one word spoken over to me as a young pastor. Well, I'm still young, but a young pastor. Come on. I, I saw a little bit of gray this morning. It was kind of freaking out. So I'm like, I'm going to start telling people I'm dying of gray, but I'm just saying. But if I come up here without the anointing, it's going to fall flat. And what this, this, this one pastor, wise pastor said to me once, he said, God's going to humble. You're going to be humbled in one or two ways. You're going to be humble before me before you come up here, and man, I'm going to rock it. I'm going to change people's lives. Or I could come up here like a rock star thinking, man, I got this. Man, I, I, I got this sermon prepared. Man, people's lives are going to be changed because of my words. Are you crazy? God's going to humble me before you. So let that be a caution to some of us this morning that we need to be humbly walking before him. And let his anointing, let the Holy Spirit do the work. Oftentimes, I think the church gets in the way of the Holy Spirit. We think we're the Holy Spirit. Like, let me get up in there. Let me just wah, just shake you up, right? But we, gotta, we just got to be obedient and allow the anointing, allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. Provide opportunities. Small groups is one of those opportunities to do that. I'm just saying, if you want to get connected to a church, I feel so alone. Get in a small group. Man, you want to see the anointing fall flow through these people that are just willing to open their homes up. I don't care if it's if it's just painting and praying, or or, or if it's a if it's a Bible study, or if it's a men's group, or if it's a kids' group. They're just walking in power because they're allowing the Holy Spirit to use them, but they're facilitating that in a small group. It's not getting all super spiritual. It's not dancing around. It's not, you know, blowing the shofar and nothing against that. But we don't have to do that. But just be people. Normal people that people can come into your homes. I'll just leave it at that. But I'm telling you, you cannot separate Christianity from power. You cannot separate Christianity from power. Without it, it is simply empty philosophy. It's empty philosophy. Without the power... People can't get healed. See, this generation has seen a lot of church, has seen church talk about the power of God, the Holy Spirit, the anointed one. But the church isn't walking in it. We're an example. God might be invisible, but we're not. We're visible to people. They want to see an example. We're ambassadors of Christ. Are we moving in that power are we believing that power even exists? Do we even believe that the Holy Spirit is inside us and wanting to, to rattle and shake people and bring people into church, not to fill seats, but to fill the kingdom, the kingdom of God in heaven? They need to see it. He wants to use you, not just me. He wants to use each and every one of you, exactly where you're at this morning. But oftentimes we walk around like we're powerless I got no power. We're meek. Oh, this person's over here rattling off about Wicca and witchcraft. In Jesus' name. That's the kind of power we need to walk in this morning. In Jesus' name. Casting out devils. Seeing people healed and delivered in Jesus' name. Not our name, but in Jesus' name. But it requires people. People. I find it so interesting that the last words from Jesus was this. As he went into the clouds, and you will receive power. He didn't say you're going to receive some great teaching, some great theology, some great preachers are going to come down and preach some good messages. He said you, individually, is going to receive power from God. And that is going to be the Holy Spirit That man, he he wants to move in this generation. He wants to rattle and shake people up, not just for the sake of, of shaking and giving holy goosebumps. He wants people to be set free, shaken off the chains in Jesus' name. But it requires people who are obedient this morning. And you will receive power. See, Jesus, he didn't do miracles Because he was the son of God. He did miracles because he was anointed by God. The miracles that you will see in your life are not because of who you are or because maybe your background. You feel like you're disqualified to see those things in your life. It is the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit, that will work through you to see those things. Matter of fact, I think your testimony is is powerful. Because it, it gives you an opportunity to speak to people that others can't. I come up in there and, you know, you got a bunch of uh, tatted up guys and, you know, maybe a drug background or, or something that I I just don't have a background in. And you got a preacher coming in there all nice and dressed and got a tie. Do you think they're really going to be that welcoming, like they're going to receive something from me? No, they, they want to receive they want to see God move in someone else that went through something that they went through. they are like, well, my testimony isn't that much. Your testimony is everything. It will change people's lives because what they'll see is they'll see the power of God that takes somebody from their background, their addiction, their mess, and they can say, man, I look at you. I know your life. I know what you're addicted to. I know what you walked through, and I see where you're at now because of the power of God. That is your testimony this morning. Man, if you, if you never knew a day without Jesus, that's a testimony because you got some stuff you had to walk through. Come on. You made some mistakes in your life, and you feel like, man, I had no excuse. That's your testimony this morning. But we need to share it as a church. We need to share it to this generation. So they don't look to church as perfection. They don't look to church as religion. But they look to church as a relationship with, with, with brothers and sisters of Christ. Trying to walk it out. And running our race of endurance with him. And seeking him in all things. But it comes with the anointing. I, I, it didn't say, you will receive power, pastor. I, I don't see pastor. You will receive power, Heal. You will receive power, evangelist. He says you individually receive power. Man, it's church, it's time that we start walking in that power. And not just in a church service. It's easy in a church service to do it. It's comfortable, right? I talk about the Holy Spirit and I'm getting filled up. I'm like, yes, I'm excited. But it's a lot different story to do it in Walmart. Well, maybe not Walmart. They might just think I'm part of Walmart, but maybe, maybe a different story, of like Target or some other place like that. I know I, I pick on Walmart a lot, guys. It's it's crazy. You get in there, you get in there like at 12 o'clock at night, dude. I'm just, I'm just saying, holy anointing oil over me. But. I want us to look at Acts chapter 10. I'm going to lose track of y'all here. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And it says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with what? Power. Then Jesus, I want you to catch this. Jesus went around doing good in healing all those who were oppressed by the devil For God was with him. Did you see that? He didn't just get the power. He didn't just get the anointing and bask in it. Like, yes. Oh, the power is mine. He didn't do that. Because the power wasn't for him. The power was to be released on his people. The power was so that people would be set free. The power was so that people would be healed. The power was so that demons would flee. The power is that so that people would be set free because of Jesus Christ. But God wants that power to flow through you. To change people's lives. But we can't sit on Netflix like, boy, I got an anointing. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. That anointing's not going to do anything if you're not functioning. And I'm just saying. You plug in your phone, it gets to 100%, it's all charged up. But if you're not using it, it's useless. It's like any device. Man, you could charge that. My, my phone is 100% charged. My tablet's 60% charged. But if it doesn't do anything with that power, it's, it's wasting resources. It's wasting our lives. I'm just going to get real with you this morning. God has put air in your lungs, He's given you a heartbeat. Today, right now, I don't care if you're, if you're 5 or if you're 105, if you are breathing today, you are still fulfilling the promise and the purpose that God has for you in your life. But that comes with power. Older generation, man, they need to see the power of God working through you. Younger generation, we need to function in that power and believe that power is available to us. We see the power of all of hell on earth. And I see people that believe in, you know, they worship Satan. They worship all these crazy things. Breaks my heart. But you can't have one without the other. But, but I'm here to serve. I, I, I serve the omnipresent one. I serve the alpha and the omega. I serve the beginning and the end. I serve the author and the finisher of my faith. I serve the powerful one. There is no equal. We just sung that song. I heard this the other day. It drives me crazy when I hear this. Oh, you know, the devil and God, they're just adversaries. No, they're not. The devil is a fallen angel, a created being by who? God. There's a hierarchy, and God's above it all. I'm just saying. And I serve that God. But the anointing necessary to reach, to reach people, and to reveal Jesus to this generation, we need that. We can't bask in that. It has to flow. The blessings that you've been praying for, guess what? They're not for you. Oh, God's blessed me financially. I'm going to flip this a little bit. God's blessed me financially. Guess what? It's not just for you. If you just sit in a beautiful mansion with 20 cars, man, your soul is bankrupt because you're not. God wanted to give. I believe God wanted to give those blessings, but he wanted the blessings to flow to other people. It's the same thing with the anointing. When the anointing comes over you in your life, it is to flow on your children. It's to flow on your coworkers. It's to flow on whoever is around you, whoever is anywhere in your presence, that the anointing would flow. Almost to the place where you could smell it, where it's tangible, you could taste it. And people gravitate toward that and they say, what is that? I want that. I don't know what you are. I don't know what you're walking in. You're doing some crazy things. You just blew the shofar. I don't know what's up with that. But man, I, I see the anointing on your life. What is that? Opens an opportunity. But see, two things are going to reveal Jesus when you're flowing in the anointing. We just talked about this one. It's your testimony, a transformed life. I don't care what your background is. You have a transformed life. You have a testimony. You came from something. Out of nothing, and you walked into the glory of God, you have a testimony that you need to be sharing with every person. The demonstration is also another one, demonstrations of the spirit-empowered activity. People in this generation, they're starving for the supernatural. They're starving for it. Everywhere you turn, everywhere you look, it's on cartoons, it's in video games, it's on television, it's in books. People are starving for the supernatural, and the church is not giving it to them. We're giving them lip service. I'm going to get a little real this morning. I might hurt some feelings. I'm sorry. But we're giving too much lip service. They need to see the demonstration. And I'm not saying dance around and puff a smoke. They just need to see people laying people on hands on people. And seeing people delivered and seeing people healed in Jesus' name. That's what they want to see. They hear us talk about it. Like, oh, I hear about your God. I hear about your healing. I hear about the demons. I hear about all this stuff. But, man, why aren't you doing it? You're bellied up to the bar with me. You're you're cussing just as much as I am. You're doing the same stuff that I'm doing. What's the difference? Hmm, I'm going to let that settle in for a minute but i i saw this staggering statistic wicca witchcraft and all that many many years ago they there there's only 4000 members pretty small but since a couple years it has exploded to almost a half a million followers man if you're a, if if you if you're telling me that the, that people are not desperate for the supernatural they see the natural they see the ugly they they know evil's real They see it in their lives every day. Man, they've been up in prison. They've been addicted and surrounded by people. They've been overseas. They see evil. But they need to to see the good. They need to see the Holy Spirit moving through believers. But we can't be so meek and say, oh, I don't want to offend somebody. I'm comfortable. They're going to hurt my feelings. But we need to walk in it with power. But see, we as a church, too often we offer explanation, good explanation, What the Holy Spirit is, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how God moves. But quite frankly, it's shooting over the generation's heads. I get up there and talk theology and teaching, why you need the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is. But it is shooting over. They don't care about the Hebrew. They don't care about the Greek. They want to see it in action. They want to see God move in a powerful way in this generation. And they are starving for it. And all we're offering is talk. I'm preaching myself, guys. I'm just preaching to you this morning. But everywhere we go, we need to be moving in power. They need to see that there is a power greater than their struggle. They need to see a power greater than their addiction. And the only way they're going to see that is a believer in Christ... Sharing their testimony and saying, Look at the power of God. I was a drugged up drunkard, whatever. And man, look at what God is doing in my life now. Not deserving, but His grace is sufficient. He loved me enough to take me out of the mire. Man, if that's you this morning, share it. Share it this morning. But see, Jesus is alive. He's at the right hand of God, and we have got the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not going to be dethroned until the time has come. What we have this morning is the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen this morning, church? But see, we have reduced the gospel down to a tell. We talk. We talk. It's time the church shows. Are you with me this morning? We've demeaned the gospel to just talking. Just sharing, just telling, but it's a show-and-tell gospel. Jesus didn't just speak. Jesus moved in the flow and the anointing of God, and that's how people were delivered, and that's how people were healed, and that's how people were set free. Not just by talking about it. And like I said before, God might be invisible, guys, but we're not. People see us. What are we showcasing? What example are we providing to this generation? And the power of God, man, man, if if something's on the rocks, like financial's not going well, the marriage is not going well, the kids are going, whatever. Is this generation seeing God move in all of those instances, all of those situations in our life? Are we allowing the power to flow through? I don't always want to share about my testimony. Because it showcases some icky stuff about my past. Pride, big thing in my life. Money, seeking success, tongue-tied there, seeking these things in my life. That was my past, but what I can do is I can take that past and I can showcase it and say, these were who I was and who I thought I identified myself in, but now, because of God's grace, this is how I identify myself as a son and as an heir of Almighty God, and my life is changed because of God. Sometimes it's not comfortable. I don't want to keep talking about my addiction. I feel like I'm going in the past. No, you need to share that. There's somebody that needs to know that there is hope and that there is a way out of that. And that is Jesus. It's not your study. It's not your group. It's not your talents. It's not your gift sets. But it's Jesus. But there is power in sharing because other people see it on full display. And what it really showcases, and I love this. And my wife really hit this right on the head this morning. It ain't about us. We ain't all that in the bag of chips. Just saying. I used to think that I was. (laughs) Yeah, my wife's laughing, so yeah. But I did, but this is how prideful I was. I was like, oh man, I got got all the talent in the world, man, I'm successful. But God said, yeah, but you're not following me. Where's the anointing? Whose life are you going to change but your own? I'm just saying. But the testimony shows the power of God. I say all this to say that the anointing doesn't make you better than anybody else. My anointing doesn't make me better than you. Your anointing doesn't make you better than me. But it does make you better than yourself. When that anointing comes upon you and you function in things that are so far outside your understanding and you see the power of God on full display all around you, man, people's lives are being changed around you, you know Without a shadow of a doubt, it had nothing to do with you. You were just a willing vessel. And said, God, would you use me? Would you use this broken up, whatever mess? And would, you, would your power flow through me? Would the Holy Spirit inside me, would it rattle and change this generation for you? Your life is going to be a platform for him to release his power. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, you know what, man? My, my, my past is rough. Cool. Use it, because you can reach people that I can never reach. I can go up in a prison cell and shun die and pray over people and whatever. But man, they want to see somebody that's been through it and then delivered out of it in Jesus' name. That's what this generation needs. They need authentic Christians, not Christian atheists. They need authentic Christians to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you can't have Christianity without power. Just saying. And we have a picture behind me this morning. It kind of illustrates this. It's two pieces of wood, or maybe it's one. I don't we'll see. Okay, well, you get the idea. So we have natural wood, and we have oiled wood. See, the natural wood is it's kind of dull. It's kind of your life before, the, before the, uh, the Holy Spirit came into your life. And it, it just, it really doesn't showcase a whole lot. You're just kind of functioning in the natural. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, the oil rubbed over the natural. But look at all the details. Look at all the imperfections. Oh, imperfections. None of us are perfect. But when we have the uniqueness, That God has created us in. We are all unique. None of us are the same color. None of us have the same hair. None of us have the same likes or dislikes. And that is for a reason. Because he wants you to reach people that other people can't. Stop pretending or stop being somebody that you're not. Because you're robbing other people of blessing. You're robbing other people of the anointing to flow through. Be yourself. Young generation, be yourself. Be who God has called you to be. You are unique, made in his image. He don't make mistakes. Your imperfections, your nose, your hair, I don't care what it is. He ain't making mistakes. But just like the essential oil of God, the anointing, it enhances the uniqueness that you provide, that you have to the table that God has placed inside you. As I continue, the anointing is for people. I want everybody to say people this morning. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Everywhere. Telling people. Everything God does is tied to people. I'm just saying. He has so much to pour out in this generation. He has so much to say, but people need to listen, and people need to be obedient and being willing vessels. For, For the city of Caldwell, for the city of Oroville, Nampa, Boise, They're all tied up in people. Jesus did not die for buildings. He died for people. But he's going to use people and buildings to facilitate some of that stuff. But he died for people. It's all about people. It will always be about people. His purpose for our lives will never be for just us. The anointing and the purpose will never just be about you. The blessings will never be just about you. It's tied to other people. Like, oh, I want to make an impact in this generation. I want to make an impact in this world. Start listening to God. He's already given you everything you need to make the impact that you need to make in Jesus' name. It's not in a fancy book. It's not in a fancy sermon. It's already been deposited inside you this morning. But see, when the Holy Spirit dwells inside you, we know that. It's the comforter. It's the healer. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the anointing, that's for them. That's for the people around you this morning. I want to read really quickly. Out of Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19. It says the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released. That the blind will see. That the oppressed will be set free. And at that time of the Lord's favor has come. And then skipping down I'm just going to paraphrase in in Psalm 133. We see that the anointing was poured down over Aaron's head from his beard to his robe. But see, I did some little geek research here on the robe. The robe was made of linen. Hmm, that's kind of interesting. Linen is non-absorbing. Man, I wonder why that is. Why put that intricate detail in there? Because it wasn't made for him to soak in. It was made for the anointing to flow. You getting that this morning? The anointing is not just for you. The anointing's not so you can suck it in and, and absorb it all. say, "Yeah, baby, I got it. No, it's to flow through you, flow onto other people, flow onto the people that you're mentoring, to flow onto your kids, to flow onto your family, to flow onto your coworkers this morning. People are hungry for God, and I'm telling you right now, it was in the Bible study, it wasn't a sermon, a person that pulled me out of the darkness. It was the power of Almighty God. Yeah, God might have used people in those situations, but it was the power of God. Social media posts, awesome Twitter sermons, great worship. Man, it ain't going to rescue people. It's not going to break chains. It's the anointing that's going to do that. And if it's if a caution to a church, always be key. Always watch for the anointing on people's lives. And Man, is that, that fool just getting up there just talking about God but never really walking in that? Not, not really anointed? Not really? Or is that person that's speaking in your life? Are they... The anointing, is that anointing flowing off of them onto you? Or are they just taking it for themselves? I'm just saying, here at Christian Faith Center, it's Pastor Appreciation Month. Pastor Monty, he lives this. That anointing, it flows from the top down. And he allows it to flow onto his pastors and from his pastors to his leaders and to his leaders and to his congregation. That is a healthy anointing. I'm just saying, church. Because we don't need gifts. We don't need talents. Those draw crowds. Get up here and dance and fireworks, and man, that will draw a crowd. But they need the power of God functioning through anointing people. It's the anointing that's going to break change, not my talents. God isn't looking for heroes. He's looking for laborers. Everybody wants to be a hero and have this profound thing. But he's just asking for people to be obedient and to labor with him. With him, by the way. See, we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, says, for we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building, not heroes. And I want to tell you this before I get to my last point this morning. Don't settle for less than the anointing of God. Don't ever settle less than that. In other people and in your life. I really want you to reflect and say, God, am I... The things that you've given me, the, the anointing, the Holy Spirit, is it, am I just basking in it myself? I had to check myself up. Said, God, am I just absorbing this all for myself? Or am I allowing it to flow onto to other people, to people that I mentor, to other leaders, to the people here this morning? Or is it just about me? But as Christians, we can't have Christianity without power. Because without the power, it's just empty philosophy. Just saying. And my final point this morning is that the, uh, the anointing is for progress. And we see at the end of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it lists off a bunch of towns in, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. To progress in your life, you will need more oil. The healing to break, you know, as you peel those onions in your life and it gets stinky and you cry and you get to those inner things, those soul ties, it requires more anointing. Confidence to stop being intimidated by people thinking you're crazy and drinking the Kool-Aid because you're walking, your walk with God. More oil. The wisdom necessary to withstand people that hate you because of God's hand on you requires more oil. For us to reach the city of Caldwell, man, it's going to take all the anointing in the world. All the anointing to reach every soul that's outside these doors this morning. But see, you've got to understand something in a real way. Kingdom people, pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, they run on kingdom oil because if they do not, they will crash and burn and they will burn out. Pastor, how do you, how do, you do that? How do you talk and how, how do you go to a funeral or uh, you, you do the funeral and then you officiate a wedding and, and counsel these people and you do this and you do that? It's the anointing. Because if it was Eric Underwood doing that, I would die. I would crash and burn. I would be in the fetal position crying. It's the anointing. To get through that next season, to get pushed through to what it is that God has for you, you are going to need the anointing of God. You're going to need it. You're going to need the helper. You're going to need the Holy Spirit in your life. But I love that the answer that, that Jesus gives to his church, all the forces of of hell and all the strategies of hell that are established on earth, what did God? What was what was His answer? Sending us with power, not with just the Bible, not with just the testimony that we have, but with power with the Holy Spirit. But there's an there's an anointing appointed in your life, and I want to highlight two keys in walking into the anointing as I. Kind of land this this morning. The first one is holiness. The anointing of heaven only rests on those that have been covered by the blood of Jesus. If you're walking in, if you don't even know Jesus, don't expect the anointing. Anointing just doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes with the relationship with Jesus first, not through somebody else. Not through a great evangelist, not through a great teaching, not through Oprah or Dr. Phil. The anointing of God will only come through a relationship with Jesus. Amen. I heard some amens out there. But man, it's time to get things right. Man, we we have these Sunday services. Man, we want to be right with God. Jesus paid everything for us. It's time that we get unforgiveness under the blood this morning. It's time that we forgive, not, not to condone what somebody else has done in our life, but to set us free, in Jesus' name, from that. And here's, an, here's a tough one. We've got to forgive ourselves. Sometimes it's easy to forgive other people. But, man, to forgive ourselves, man, why did I do that? I'm a Christian. I know better. Friends, it's time that we get that under the blood of Jesus. And, and, because when I read the scripture, Satan no longer has its bite he's got some bark but he's got he's been disarmed and by disarming which means Condemnation doesn't work because we're under the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? But we need to put things under the blood. We need to ask for forgiveness. We see in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, come on, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, whether it's that person, whether it's that addiction, whether it's that sin, it's time to strip that down and allow the anointing to flow through us in Jesus' name. And it continues on. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I like how they just add, sometimes they just add stuff in there and like, oh, that hurts. We all have something that's in the darkest, deepest little lockbox. Paul struggled with this. The scripture's not clear on what it was, but he, he had the struggle in his life. But he always turned to God. You might have that struggle. Like, oh, here we go again. Satan's baiting me again. Keep your eyes off of him and turn to Jesus. Keep running. Keep running to him. Because if you would put down the weight of sin, God has so much for you to carry. He wants to pour the anointing over you right now. But you can't do that when you've got a luggage. You ever see that dude in uh, uh, the airport that's got like two bags of luggage and the luggage on his head, luggage on his back. And he's just walking in like, man, I got so many things. I'm checking all these things in. I don't care what the airport says. I ain't paying no $200. Because so much baggage. Jesus said, man, some of you came into church this morning like that. Man, you check those bags outside the door. You check them at the cross this morning. Is that you this morning, man? It is time that you put it under the blood of Jesus. You weren't made to carry that burden. It has nothing to do with what I'm saying, but that's for someone this morning. I'll pray for you later. But finally, faith. You cannot muster up anointing. You can't sit there and convince yourself, okay, oh, I'm, I'm going to get it this time, the anointing, 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 yes, yes. That's not how it works. Because if it was, then it would be about you. It would be about your relationship with yourself, pride, a little bit of conceited. But you walk in it by faith. By faith in Jesus and Jesus alone in a relationship. You possess the spirit. Of God, the Holy Spirit. And I want to close with just this one scripture, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. And it says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One. Church, we need to function in power and not just words. I I I'm reminded of my a story of my dad and I pick on him a lot, and he, he really does give me permission because he does listen online, so he'll check me out. But I remember this one conversation I had with him. He said, son, I've read it over and over again, multiple different versions. He started King James. I had to hook him up with NLT because he just wasn't getting it. But then he figured it out, and then he, he keeps reading and reading and reading and reading and reading. He says, son, I keep hearing about this, but why am I not seeing a demonstration of it? I even rolled up in church one day. Ain't nobody flowing in any power. Ain't nobody talking about the Holy Spirit. So is church a fraud? Ooh. That hit me to the core. Because I look around this generation, I look around so many different churches and I, I, I'm so thankful to God that we are not that church But there are so many churches that are not flowing in power. They're not flowing in any type of anointing. They're not even recognizing it as a part of their service, as a part of their lives. But we need to do it every single day, every single moment, every single breath, every single heartbeat that we have in our body. The anointing needs to flow off of us onto other people in Jesus' name. You believe that this morning, church.